Welcome to Guys We Fucked. <laughs> guys We Fucked. Guys We Fucked. I'm Christina. I'm Corinne. We're sorry, sorry about, about last, last night. night. The anti slut shaming podcast. <laughs> I never stop. <laughs> what up, fuckers? Welcome to another episode of Guys We Fucked. It's the anti slut shaming podcast. I'm Corinne. I'm Christina. How are you doing? Happy Pride, y'all. Yes, I hope you guys are having an amazing gay pride month. Uh, the gay pride parade was so amazing this year. In New York City, biggest crowd ever. 1.3 million people in history. It was wonderful. I was wearing a multicolored wig. Gay Pride is the best day of the year. Mm-hmm. And I and I and I forget that until every year when it comes around. I'm like, oh yeah, this is the best day of the year because it's just celebrating love. Well, and, and how love is of, love yeah. is love. <laughs> there's a lot of inno- like annoying like parades in New York where New Yorkers are just like, oh, I can't even get through this. This is like blocking my way to this. And I feel like that's gay pride. Like no one feels that way. Yeah, no one's in a bad mood about it. And it was great. And thank you to all the fuckers who stopped by and donated to New Alternatives. That is so amazing. Again, that's like an LGBTQIA um, place that shelters uh, endangered teens, endangered teens. I, it's, I, it's my accent, endangered. I think, because I said endangered at and risk and teens. It's still, and it still sounded like endangered. Um, and a we shout must- out to Marco and his friend and his fiance who came by. He asked me to shout him out and I Aww. wrote your name on my wrist so I wouldn't forget. I was going to say, did you get a tattoo on your wrist? This is Marco? What no. the fuck? That's how much I was like, I'm definitely going to forget. But it, I know you were very enthusiastic and you deserve Aww. a shout out. There was also a bunch of other people who stopped by. And um, I really appreciate that. Thanks for taking the time. Uh, can you still donate to New Alternatives? Yeah, I mean, always. You can always. It's, What's their website? I'm sure it's newalternatives.org. I don't know for sure. But okay. it's New Alternatives. It's just, yeah, it's well, just a center. And they recently lost their space downtown. So they're moving uptown and they provide mental health care food, clothing, shelter to at-risk LGBT teens. Oh, that's and, awesome. And everyone, but they concentrate on the youth. God damn, I love Pride Parade yeah. Day. Mm-hmm. God, it's the best day. It's yeah. like, you really like want to cry. You're, there's so much love <laughs> in the air. I mean, I do anyway. I cry every year. The last time we did it when we marched for marriage equality, mm-hmm. which we don't march for anymore because there's marriage equality. Hey, um, I always see people get proposed to. Oh, yeah. And then I just like, you know what I like doing now? I like smiling at people. Well, I love smiling at people. Mm-hmm. But like, especially like, I remember there was, there was this mom uh, was on Pride. We were trying to get to, Stephen and I were trying to get to Brooklyn and we kind of went through the parade so we could see it and mm-hmm. kind of hang. And then there was this, uh, these, a lesbian couple and they were each carrying a baby. And then I just looked at her and I smiled and she smiled back and I was like, that was nice. <laughs> and I did that to like anybody who, co- like, I just try and smile at people who maybe, I don't know. They look down in the dumps. I'm like, you need a smile. Well, I mean, when you, and sometimes they won't look at me, so I like kind of force them someone, to. It's well, that's weird. Yeah, I know it's a little <laughs> creepy. Then I know. I was like, when you lock eyes with someone, I think it's you know nice to smile instead of just like I, get, I usually smile at women on the subway. I never smile at men though because I mean that's just because then they're like, so trouble. you're gonna fuck me? Yeah, I don't smile. That's an invitation <laughs> for trouble. And sorry guys, you dug your own dra- grave on that. Oh one. yeah, well you taught me to never make eye contact with people in the, like specifically like dudes on the subway because every time I fucking do, yeah. You're like, why are crazy talk people to me. always approaching me? And I'm like, well, it's probably because you're walking around smiling at people. Uh, everyone. I just thought handing out free smiles Mm-mm. was like a nice thing. But apparently the shitty people ruin it for everyone as usual. I mean, there are also things in life that a smile can't fix. 
what can't a smile fix? Like if you just found out someone in your family died, a smile isn't going to help me. It would actually infuriate me. Okay. <laughs> and I'd be like, what the fuck? You need a smile. Or like, it's like, yeah, or like a breakup. I mean, there are some, like if you're just having like a rough day, smile is nice. Yeah. I like a smile. A smile or like when someone, when I when I go to like a, like a food place or a fucking, uh, you know, a pharmacy or whatever, and the person behind the cash register is like very friendly, mm-hmm. not in an overly bearing like you know, digging into my personal life kind of way, but in a, Hey, how are you today? I'm like, oh, you know what? I'm good. How are you? Right. Oh, that's nice. It just means a lot. Well, it just makes you, it's nice to go into a place of business and not feel like you are troubling. Oh my God. That I person. Know. Yeah. It's I always put that common. on me. I'm like, Oh, I guess I'm making their day worse. And now it's like, no smile, bitch. I mean, you are, but it's not you, Christina Hutchinson. It's, it's you, me, a patron person. of the business. Yeah. You human who walked in here. Right. Exactly. When I get, when I die, I want to make a request to have my, my face, you know, how like the morgue puts makeup on you and shit and they put your hands over your heart or whatever the fuck they do. Right. I want to fucking smile on my face. Perfect. Can you do that? Can I'm I get sh- yeah, formaldehyde a smile? You know, I'm sh- I'm sure if you die with enough money, anything is possible. Oh, I wonder if they charge extra to make the corpse smile. I'm That's sure annoying. If I'm sure if there's a- extra fluids that need to be injected into your body, that there will be. Oh God! But I mean, even she- smiles cost extra. Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think they normally go with kind of like the just straight across. Like, my, I feel neutral about this death. Yeah, but, but like, I don't want them to feel neutral. Like. I want to be happy. I mean, I also, I also think it depends how you how die. Because if it's tragic, that's probably going to not be good for... But like, what if I was making a funny face? Maybe it would make people cheer up. Maybe not. Not my mom. I mean, you could She'd put, be bummed. Yeah, I mean, you could put that in your will. Okay. It's, it's up it. to you. It's you. Yes, yeah, my life. I live it how I want. Exactly. If you want to if you want to be smiling <laughs> in the casket, you do that. And I will. Mm-hmm. I'm so um, excited. Come see us live, guys. Uh, Friday. July 8th. It's the two year anniversary of Nacho Bitches co-hosted by myself and Blair Saki at New York Comedy Club. I wish I could tell you the things that are going to happen, but they're so crazy and yet unplanned that I cannot <laughs> let you know what is happening. Uh, tickets are $10 with code Nacho. It's 11.15 p.m. Just fucking be there. I'm not going to let you down. The, you know, last minute is awesome. Just get tickets. Thanks. <laughs> Monday, July 18th is our last Guys We Fuck test tour date at Subculture, which is in New York City, 45 Bleecker Street. Um, The tickets, I think there are still a couple tickets available. So the link is in the description of this podcast. Get them while you can because these shows do sell out and they are fucking fun. Holy shit. Doors at seven, show at eight. It's all ages. If you're under 16, come with an adult. And then on Saturday, June 23rd, also in New York City. July 23rd. July. <laughs> God damn it. Sometimes I forget which numbers mean which months. No, I, I hear you. count down. I'm like, oh, this is so I had so to Google hard. how to tell time on a watch recently. So I really, oh. I can't oh, really all right. throw stuff. I don't feel bad anymore. <laughs> um, is Glamour Puss, July 23rd at 7.30 p.m. at Zinc Bar in the West Village, hosted by Wendy Starling and myself. Last show, you missed some grade A titties. That's all I'm going to say. 
And then on Friday, July 29th, I didn't know if there was more. I'm sorry. There's one. Well, the, our Montreal, Canada, just for laughs date are the first guys we fucked live re- podcast recording sold out. So they were nice enough to add a second one. And we're very excited. It's on uh, Friday, July 29th at 3 30 PM in the afternoon, but we're going to make it feel like it's midnight. y'all. Yeah. And if you're in Montreal and don't know about just for laughs, I can't imagine that you don't, but it's like the coolest comedy festival ever. So please come hang with us there. Yeah. And you don't need a festival pass. If you want for this show, you can actually buy an individual ticket, which is exciting because sometimes festival passes are thousands of bucks. But for our show, for $19.14, you can get a ticket. Um, now for our sponsors, uh, oh. thank you so much to me undies for sponsoring the guys we fucked podcast. Thanks. I love me undies. Uh, they're made of modal as we talk about week after week, which is so soft. It's softer than cotton. It's softer than anything that you've ever put on your it's pussy. It's softer than a baby's bottom. Or your dick. They make pants, they make underwear. It's great. Um, and they are featured in a video that you will see at the subculture guys we fuck tour date. If oh, they them. are. Yeah. Oh, you got a nice ass. See my butt. In Dude, me undies make your undies, your butt looks so good. Yeah, like, they're very enhanced. And they're nice and they're cute. And I think not often enough as adults do we get to have cute underwear. Like cute underwear doesn't need to stop. When yeah. you when you're like over six years old, uh, nothing can describe the fit and feel of me undies. But once you try them on, you'll understand why they're called the world's most comfortable underwear. And the cool thing is, if you don't love your first pair of me undies, they're free, no questions asked. Shipping is free in the U.S. and Canada, and you can save up to eight dollars a pair with the me undies subscription plan. Go to meundies.com/gwf for twenty percent off your first order. Now, when you're wearing your MeUndies and then you want to go to sleep, what are you going to sleep on? You're going to sleep on a motherfucking Casper mattress. That's exactly what I do every night. I get my MeUndies and this is not a joke. And then I sleep on my Casper mattress. Uh, the Cas- uh, Casper mattresses are obsessively engineered, made in America at a shockingly fair price. It combines springy latex and supportive memory foam to create an award-winning sleep surface that's just the right sink and just the right bounce. Time Magazine named it one of the best inventions of 2015. In fact, it's now the most awarded mattress of the decade. I can attest that this fucking thing is very comfortable. It's a very reasonably priced and I love having sex on it. And I also love, you know, you know, sometimes you want to masturbate, your partner all he fell asleep. Yeah. Well, if you masturbate on your Casper mattress, your partner won't feel it because it's like one of those like they can't tell if you bounce around. That's absolutely true because I did the same thing. Really? Yes. Me too. 100%. Casper mattresses. Masturbate next to your partner while they're asleep. (laughs) Try Casper over 100 days risk free. In your own home, if you don't love it, they'll pick it up and refund you. Um, instead of going to a mattress store and being like, do I like this? Do I like this? You can actually sleep on it. Uh, if you want $50 off towards your next mattress purchase, visit casper.com slash GWF. Again, use the offer code GWF. Terms and conditions apply. Casper, masturbate silently next to your partner while he's asleep. Perfect. Oh, I love it. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, big news. Da-da-da-da! We have a website. Yeah, 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 yeah. Woo! I know you're always, you guys website. are always like, where do we find your faces and who is who and what have you done in your life and where can I see you live? All those questions and more are now answered at Sorry About Last Night Comedy 
dot com dot com you can see where we're gonna be you can listen see to the, the podcast you can see a photo of us you can ask us for advice the list goes on and on and on yeah corinne and i had a photo shoot with uh, a photographer d guerreras who we love and she took a lot of really cool photos that are that we put up on the website that no one has seen yet so like if you want to see us yeah. being like Exclusive really cool photos if you want to put Exclusive. them on your phone as yeah. your screensaver if you want to masturbate, please don't tell us just, about that. You know, you, you can. I don't even know. Home. Why it's would I need to know? It doesn't do matter. What you're gonna, do what you're going to do. I don't care. It's all good. Just don't tell me. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Now. And if you want to email us. Oh, also, guys, can you do us a favor? Mm. Can you rate us on iTunes? Please. If you, if you listen to this podcast on iTunes, honestly, even if you don't, who cares? Um, rate us because uh, that helps well with the charts. And we keep uh, we're. We've been staying in the top 10, which is really cool. I think we're one of the only podcasts in the top 10 with four out of five stars. Everyone has a minimum of yeah, four and a half. My mom likes to point that out time yeah. and time again. There's a lot of like these whores reviews right. that are zero stars. And uh, I mean, you know, whatever. But if you like us, give us a rating. Yeah, of five, five stars, star. I would recommend. Five stars. And just say what you like about the podcast and maybe a little, you know, a sentence or two about why a new listener might want to tune into the podcast or how it's helped you or how it's not helped you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. whatever you need, <laughs> it's important. Um, all right, let's read some listener emails. And if you want to email us for advice or just to tell us that you're drunk and we're thinking of us, uh, mm, it's sorry about last night's show at gmail.com. Com. All right. The subject is hockey, rape threats, stalking ambulances. Oh, that sounds like a fun Friday. It's a lot. Well, people have been really stepping up their email subject line game. <laughs> All right. Hey, Christina and Corinne. Just wanted to start by saying I'm a huge fan of the podcast, obviously, and I admire both of your confidence so much. I see both of you as great examples of strong, independent women for young girls to look up to. Thanks. Anyways, on with my story. A little bit about me. Uh, my name is, can I say it? No, my name is something I can't say. And I'm a 17-year-old female from Alberta, Canada. I've played hockey all my life, usually participating on all girls teams. But earlier this year, I was approached by the coach uh, to try out for competitive boys hockey. I made the team as the only girl stuck with 17 teenage boys. Mm. I found that my team respected me, but teams that we played against did not. One game, as I was playing hockey, a player on the opposing team pinned me against the boards and whispered things in my ear, such as, I want to fuck you so badly, and come on, baby, don't be a tease, let me put my dick inside you. Yuck! All right, guys, wonderful. Um, I didn't respond, which seemed to make him angrier, so he threw me against the ice as we were still playing hockey and said, I'm going to have sex with you whether you want to or not. Oh, how sweet. Is that a Valentine's Day card? It should be. <laughs> In complete shock, I informed my coach, who was furious, actually getting uh, suspended three games for yelling at the other team. But when the league was contacted to deal with the incident, they said she had it coming. If she can't handle it, she shouldn't play boys hockey. Wow. Well, at least we know that Canada is also bad like America. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I feel better. Also stating that Hockey Canada has no sexual harassment policy in place, letting the player have no consequences at all. A few months later, I had another ordinary game against a different team. I put my gear on in a separate change room as it's inappropriate to change with the boys. Right before the game, my coach came inside my change room talking about the game when the door opened and the guy from the previous team who had threatened to rape me walked in. 
He had stalked my schedule and came to the arena to fulfill his promises. Seeing my coach with me scared him, and my coach began to approach him when the player took off running. This completely terrified me as I was there to play hockey in a safe environment. Once again, the league was contacted, and they said, well, we can't really do anything as he did not physically harm you. Oh, God, I wish you had sent his full name. Um, No matter how hard my parents, coach, and I fought, the player got off with no punishments again. A month later, we played the team again with the guy that threatened to rape me and stalked me. I told myself I was not going to let him scare me and participated in the game. At first, things were calm, but then the guy targeted me, um, trapped me in a corner on the ice and took his hockey stick and dug it into my ribs where I had no padding. Then, with his other hand, he slammed my head into the ice. In complete shock, I got up and skated to the bench, which was the worst decision because once I got to the bench, I collapsed as my rib cage uh, or as my rib had been broken and began puncturing my lung. I laid on the bench, unable to breathe and beginning to pass out as the other team was screaming things at me like, that's what you get, bitch, and... Guess you shouldn't play boys hockey if you can't take the pain. Aww. And the parents from the other team cheered as uh, they had seen their player successfully injure me. Our parents the best. Yeah, they're the best. I kept going in and out of consciousness as my mom and coach stood over me, screaming to stay awake until the paramedics came. Shortly after, I was loaded into the ambulance and given morphine to stabilize the pain when I heard screaming from outside. My dad and coach were fighting the opposing team's coaches. Not only that, but the players from my team had a broken hockey stick over the guy's back who had hurt me. Uh, After medical attention, I physically recovered, but emotionally I was a wreck that was and still is in constant fear of this guy finding me again. After the ambulance incident, I demanded that the league do something. But once again, I was shut down. The league said it's the price of being a girl and participating in boys hockey, which makes me furious that I now live in fear and he gets off free with the satisfaction of knowing he nearly killed me. So I'm asking for thoughts and opinions as well as advice on how to not feel like a victim and move on without living in fear. Thank you both so much. A lot of love. Sincerely, hockey player girl. Wow. That email fucking now I, I don't I don't handle these situations very well. Yeah, you don't. Nope. Because <laughs> I would fucking beat the fucking shit out of that punk ass little cunt kid. Right. See, and that's why I but can't do it. Like, I, I, this is an instance where she probably physically couldn't. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's really disappointing that um, <laughs> that the fucking hockey league didn't do anything about it and won't protect her. So boys hockey, I guess, is uh, it's totally cool to just kick that. I know because I know violence in hockey and fighting in yeah, hockey, say, hockey is part of why people go and they want to see the fights. Yeah, it's a very violent sport. But I mean, also, even, you know, even if it was just physical, I, I can see even in a fucked up way, like defending the physicality of hockey. But there's no way that you can defend it when there when there was a, a threat of rape and yep. just clear sexual harassment. Because, you know, this guy isn't going up to dudes and oh, saying, I'm going to stick never. my dick inside you because then he'd be called a, a faggot. Yeah, oh, absolutely yeah. not. But here, here's the way, to, though, to, to not feel like a victim because I think I think that can be really tough. And I think when bad shit has happened to me in the past, especially this girl's 17, mm-hmm. it's really young. When bad shit has happened to me when I was like that young, I would just internalize it and feel sorry for myself and not do anything about it. But now what I do is like when, when there's situations that 
I could be sometimes afraid for my life in that like feeling, you know, it's dangerous to walk in this area of the city at night or whatever. I just, I just tell myself, like, I don't think of it as me walking in the streets. Like I kind of just, men need to understand that. Like, I feel like if women are constantly living in fear, Mm -hmm. that's not going to solve anything. So you have to almost like be brave on half behalf of like a gender. Well, absolutely. I think, yeah, I think that my, which isn't easy. Is she, you have, this is a situation where I don't want to put this responsibility on you, but I kind of feel you're, like you need to be a groundbreaker. This yeah. is your opportunity. This is your chance to, you know, break the, your, your own version of the, you know, the, the, we've heard of like the color barrier. This is the, this is the gender barrier. And this is your opportunity to do something that is bigger than your career in boys hockey in Canada. Yeah. Um, you can really change some things here. And I know a lot of times we give kind of advice like this and people write in, well, that's unsafe. And you don't, you know, yeah, of course it is unsafe. It's unsafe. Shit like this is unsafe. Any progress we've made as far as gender or sexuality or race comes with fucking risk. And that risk includes- Rosa Parks, bitch. It includes a risk to your very, your welfare as a human. But I mean, I think, you know, your parents are on your side for safety. And I mean, even if you have to fucking hire a goddamn security guard to escort you to the game, like to games, like I don't know what kind of financial situation you're in or if someone who's awesome would just lend their time to be your security guard at games. You need to keep playing fucking hockey and you need to keep pushing the, the fact that this person who harassed you and threatened you and physically assaulted you needs to needs to pay for his actions yeah and and honestly like i think i wouldn't if if i were you but i understand you not wanting to handle it this way i wouldn't shut the fuck up about it yeah i I probably wouldn't bring it up every other second but i would i would not let people forget that this happened to you Mm -hmm. and i would not let people forget who the person was who did it to you and i would just constantly uh you know, when that comes up in conversation, fucking talk about it and talk about like, that's one of the obstacles that you have to go through. Unfortunately, when you're a woman in a sport that's, you know, predominantly men, you have to go through harder things. Yeah. I mean, Jesus Christ, like so many people, so many heroes of, of social movements had to overcome way more obstacles than a fucking white dude. You know what I mean? And I always, always comes back to white men, but also like you look at the obstacles that black people have had to face in this fucking country and still have to face getting a job, the job rates, even with equal education are uneven because people are racist pieces of shit and you have to do much more and work much harder and be more persistent than the, than the regular person or the person next to you has to be, but that's, I mean, it's character building and it's something that you could see as like a challenge, an exciting challenge to be a a positive example, to change the minds of the, of the boys that you play with and change the minds of the parents because they're not acting cool. Yeah. And anytime I think you're a minority, I think you, yeah, a lot of minorities will complain whether you be a racial minority, a gender minority that, Oh, I have to, it seems like I have to be better to get equal. And yeah, you do. And it's not fair. Nope. But that's the way it is. And it's only going to make you a better individual and a better player. And it's great. I think it's a great starting point, honestly, is that your own team accepted you with such open arms. That's very strong. That's, that's wonderful. The fact that you were allowed to try out for the boys team because you were so talented. Um, That's huge. That's really exciting. And mm -hmm. that you're embraced by the boys that you play with. That's really cool. And they have your fucking back. Right. So, yeah, I think I would keep on going and do this for 
all the women. Yeah. And I think we're in a climate right now where it's kind of like popular to like be like, well, if I didn't get justice with with the law, I'm going to go to social media. I don't always necessarily agree with that. I don't think it's the best tactic. I think you should continue to fight it from a legal standpoint. I mean, a lot of times these things cost money as far as like hiring a lawyer. Again, sometimes you're just going to find someone who truly wants to make a difference in the world who will lend their time as a lawyer for you. Um, And uh, I think it's important to, you know, show up at local meetings, write letters to the lawmakers, write letters to this, this hockey board, like just don't be silenced because that's how they keep their, their power. That's how they gain control. Yeah. Silence is, is can be very, very, very deadly, especially yeah. when it comes to social issues. Yeah, this is so heinous. And this is and this and this person, n- number one, obviously should not be playing hockey. But just think of if he's doing this in a hockey game, like how is he treating the women in his life? How is he treating his girlfriend? Like what other kinds of harmful things is he doing? This is someone who and this kid probably shouldn't only be on the loose. <laughs> yeah, I know. Jesus Christ. You know, because it, you know, it's not only for justice for yourself, it's preventing it from happening to somebody else in the future. And yeah, that's not your responsibility, but I think it's a very bold and important thing that you could do here. Um, yeah. And it's great. And thank you for sharing the letter with us, but just make fucking noise. Be a goddamn hero. Be a fucking badass bitch and play hockey and be the best fucking hockey player that you can fucking be. And fuck that guy. Metaphorically, well, yeah, not literally. Like, God, God, don't. Fuck. Oh, my God. Please, please, please <laughs> don't, don't fuck him. Please God. don't fuck him. He doesn't deserve Whatever to Whatever you do, don't fuck that guy. He does not deserve guy. to get physically fucked. Oh, my God. Yeah, but of course, I mean, do all of this, you know, safely. You know, he, this person is obviously not a dangerous person. And uh, yeah. is not fucking around. So, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Do it. Be, be bold, but smart. Cautious and uproarious. <laughs> A silent hero, but a loud one at the same time. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you you get what we're saying. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, we have a great episode for you today, ladies, yep. gentlemen, fuckers all around. Uh, today, we're sitting down with a wonderfully talented comedian and actress. She has lived all over the country and the world. And we share a very interesting common ex-boyfriend, Ladies and gentlemen, please give it up for Amber Nelson. Carried on my shoulders is the weight of the window flowing through my mind as it pierces everything. Back to the beginning where we first felt love. Oh, it hurts and it stings and it's way too From the corners of the credit room So it takes a little courage But it means a whole lot more to you Jump into the river We'll be side by side Oh, playing it by ear At least it's right this time Yeah.
Hey, we're here with Amber Nelson. Hello, everyone. What Thank a pleasure having me. Yes, we're we're so thankful that you could be here. We're excited. We like we both love you and we get we get more nervous around women, women we like than anyone else. I know. I can't talk to I <laughs> I was at the Olive Tree the other day and I wanted to talk to Rachel Feinstein about doing the podcast and I'm a huge fan of hers and I was like Hey, Rachel, um, would you maybe, I have this podcast and, and then she walked, she said, yeah, she was super nice. And then Ryan Reese was sitting next there. He's like, that was like watching like a 13 year old boy try to talk to his favorite <laughs> porn star. Yeah. I'm like, ah, I can't do it. It's hard. Yeah. And I don't know why, because women are, I love women. I love women. Yeah, maybe I have same. expect more from them or, or like, I don't know. I just want them to love me more. Maybe. I don't know. Or just have, because women can also be, we can ruin a life. The worst. <laughs> you know? Like the way men are like physically stronger, emotionally, like we can kill a person mm-hmm. with our words. It's a little jarring. Absolutely. To have that power, you have to use it for good. Well, I tend to overcompensate around women too, because I feel like there is that initial like instinct that women have to like, I don't know, either be meaner to another woman or I w- I'm just like so overly nice. They like me and then they just think I'm a big weirdo. Oh my God. <laughs> well, I think something's ingrained in us from a long time ago uh, because it was uh, classically, if you got power, you were more um, physical. You were the strong man in town. Mm-hmm. So women, in order to get what little power we could, would just probably have to knock other women down to like get the prize male in the village. Fight a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was that was the golden way in the 1600s. But now, you know, the silos are filled. Uh, the economy's <laughs> fine. I think women can just be fine with each other. Right, yeah. right. It's a new era for yeah. us. It's really fun. Mm. So what? tell us about, like, your life growing up. Because uh, you were, you lived overseas for a while. You lived in while. Saudi Arabia for a while, right? I was, yeah. I was born there and I lived there for seven years. Oh, you okay. were born in Saudi Arabia on mm-hmm. a military No, my Based father or... worked for Aramco Oil. Oh, so, so are you... So what's your citizenship? Uh, it's American. You're oh, not okay. allowed to have dual, but I was uh, Saudi for three days and then I got Whoa. sworn in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait, you got sworn in as a three-day-year-old? Yeah, yeah. My dad just lifted my little tiny hand and was like, yeah. oh, <laughs> she agrees. She agrees. American. <laughs> <laughs> what's it like? Uh, how long did you live in Saudi Arabia? Uh, seven years. So I wasn't uh, under Sharia law because I hadn't started my period yet. So I could still kind of run around and be like a little weird girl. I think it would be different if I were to go over now. Yeah. <laughs> wait, <laughs> wait. a little bit. What is the period thing? The Sharia law happens when a girl starts her period or when a boy begins having uh, night secretions. Like, uh, what do you call it when they get... Liquid your- dreams? Liquid dreams. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wet dreams. Shout out. Yeah. Yeah. <gasps> Which is so... Sp- like, that's... Co- like, Who watches gross? Does the boy come into their parents' bedroom one morning and be like, a jizz, mom? I think so, yeah. Oh, well, really? they're probably like happier to have uh, be under that law because they get more rights because they're oh. boys uh so i'm sure they probably even brag a little bit before they're ready you know? oh. <laughs> what, what do the girls what do the girls get when they have their period and then well, you have to put you now then now you have a burqa and now you are considered a woman and uh, uh, any law that you break if, you, if you're a man or a woman you are tried the same as if you are 10 or 50 oh yeah there's right. no such thing as being a child so that's some responsibility that kids have Good God. Absolutely. Yeah. Damn. So obviously you were, you were very young when you left, but did you witness anything that has stayed with you to this day? <laughs> uh. Uh, a few things, you know, I remember like the sunsets being really beautiful and like I would be wheeled <laughs> oh, into nice. the village and people would like play with my hair and look at my skin and they, cause they'd never seen a white girl yeah. before and they were just like in awe. 
Uh, and they were, you know, because there were public executions that would go on and you what? kind of, you had to watch or else you what? were now suspect of being in, like not as pious as your neighbor. Have you watched a public execution? I, my parents would kind of shield my eyes, but I could hear, I remember like screams and, you know, you, you they read shit. out verses of the, of the book to um, justify. Yeah. 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 Executions or like, yeah. yeah. Hands. Oh, yeah, I, well, what kinds of things you, or were you aware of, like what kinds of things they were being executed for? What kind of crimes? Absolutely. Yeah. You're very aware, very young of like what to do and what not to do. Do not steal. Mm-hmm. I'd never, I remember like, cause you know, as a kid, sometimes you like take little things out of the store, of put it in your pocket. Cause you have no concept of like stealing. Mm-hmm. This I knew is very, mine. Yeah. yeah, this is mine. <laughs> I just take a little candy and that's fine. But yeah. as a very young age, I was very aware, like do not put this in your pockets. Do not like hold on to this. Mm-hmm. You know? Do they, do, don't you get your hand cut off in some yeah. countries when you steal? You get your uh, right hand cut off because your left hand, you shit with it and you uh, wipe with it. So now you have to eat with your shit hand. So you wipe your ass with your hand. Yeah. Did you wipe your ass with your hand? When you were a kid? Uh, when I was, I, I remember being in some like more rural places where you had to, but you know, most wow. uh, when you are home, cause we did live in a compound that was very small. Mm-hmm. So, if, but if, if you wanted like groceries or to stretch your legs or hospital or anything, you had to go out and uh, you know, there are some places you had to shit your, wipe your. Uh, now did your hand? parents yeah. <laughs> ever explain to you the, Hey, we're going to go see this public execution <laughs> and that's not something they do everywhere, but I don't know. Did they give you any sort of international like feel of how this country operates a little more strictly? <laughs> yeah. Not really. Not really. They hmm. just kind of, we would already be out, you know, and uh, you would hear like a little boy stole something or maybe a girl was, um, you know, raped or whatever. Right. I oh. didn't have the male witnesses and um, they would kind of, you, you'd have to gather around. It was like a spectacle, but they kind Whoa. of shielded me. It seems like a more jarring move even for your mom to make though, because, because she was from America, I'm guessing yeah. born in America. And then as an adult woman moving to Saudi Arabia. So was she, wearing the she had to wear the traditional garb right Be- well she, you cover your hair right um and you cover like body extremities like no arms no i remember her getting her uh ankles just kind of t- t- switched at because she was showing her too much ankle and my dad oh, just God. like put her in a car and they like ran oh. away immediately things mm-hmm. like that and now these laws seem like they're put in place to so that the government has control over people. And like, mm-hmm. I know sexuality, a lot of times the government wants to feel like they have control over specifically a woman's sexuality because Absolutely. men, a lot of, some men can't control themselves and they just would rather put that burden on the woman to cover up so that the guy doesn't even have to like have that question in his head. Yeah. Um, is that why you think they were there? Like control or was they religious, even though that can also mean control? It's a big control. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Woman's not supposed to show her body because then a man would be uh, sexually aroused by that. Oh god! Um, but so then, annoying. I know it's so it's it's pretty bad. But uh, <laughs> wealthy people, they can sort of do whatever they want. They can party. They premarital sex. Whatever. I mean, I I don't know. I can't really speak to wealthy girls. I know wealthy boys can. Sharia law is really for like uh, poor people to mm-hmm. keep them scared. And um, outsiders, like Americans and the Brits that came in. Okay. Yeah. I wonder if any guys, any men in that country were offended 
Probably not. By the fact that these laws were put in place because men can't control themselves. That's essentially the reasoning. Yeah, it's like you're too aggressive to do anything. Yeah, Yeah. like you're an animal who can't be tamed or control yourself because like a lot of men can't control themselves. I wonder if that got to any of the guys. Probably not. But I mean, I think it's men that made the law. So I think they were just using that as a justification (laughs) for making the law in the first place. Like I'm sure women (laughs) didn't make those laws. Yeah, probably not. There's some women that like, I remember some women being like they didn't like it and some women were totally fine because I remember speaking yeah. to the women and they would remove the burqa and then that we would go in a separate room for women and it was a lot of conversations of babies baby baby you have a baby 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 really yeah 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 and so and they were like well kept you know they always had gold uh they oh that's nice that's nice gold a little <laughs> gold they're here or there uh-huh uh-huh and like nice clothes all incredibly beautiful but uh you know they they had this thing and they looked at it as a protection for themselves. Hmm. Uh, okay. Then, then I can understand justifying it and being like, yeah, I love doing this. Shut up. Yeah. 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 <laughs> what mm. did your parents say to you by the time you got the sex talk, you were in America, right? I always got the sex talk. It was cause my mother's uh she's like a badass woman. Yeah. Uh, and she never told me about the stork. It was always man and a woman. They, his uh, sperm fertilizes and uh, a baby grows inside the woman, you know? <laughs> that's that's awesome. Though. I mean, I think that's a, it should be more direct, not creating like some kind of a fairy tale to then, con- we're, I'm a 30 year old woman. And I am very confused about a lot of things about sex in my body. So it would have been nice if someone just like right out of the gates yeah. told me some truth <laughs> or yeah. something educational. Yeah. Nice. Give me or some just, facts. Yeah. A morsel. <laughs> Cause then I'm going to go masturbate and then be nervous. That I'm going to get pregnant. Exactly. And my whole five five through ten, very anxious years for me. You're like, I'm gonna get pregnant. I remember like <laughs> that's exa- I was I was like, is today the day that I realize I'm pregnant? I gotta tell my mom. Like, cause I would fucking hump everything when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And then I would look when I would go to the bathroom and I would pee and I would wipe myself. I was just l- examining the toilet paper for blood because yeah. I thought that meant I was pregnant. Mm. Mm. It's hard times. Well, the high school I went to was in Franklinton, Louisiana, which is like nothing. It's in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was no sexual education. It was just wait till marriage. Um, and uh, a lot of girls, they would get pregnant and then they were just kind of whisked away in the middle of the night. You know, you never saw them again. What? Where did they go? I have no idea. A relative's Maybe, house, probably. Yeah, I'd probably give birth to the child, get their GED, and then mm-hmm. probably like go work at the dollar store later on. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a bummer. Yeah, it's a real bummer. Oof. So were you like because you knew so much from your mom, were you like the go-to source in your high school? Like where all your friends were like, let's ask Amber. Let's ask me. <laughs> well, I was still like kind of a nerdy virgin, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think people were way more experienced than me. I was just like, if I want to get out of this town, I cannot have sex with any of these guys because then you're hooked like then you're like tied to it because if you had a baby oh my god bye life maybe (laughs) i don't know did you always have dreams of like being a performer and moving to a bigger city yeah i always wanted to get out and it was always i remember there was a um one of my teachers had an extracurricular thing for the girls the boys had something as well but the girls had to design their own wedding manual and baby manual (laughs) And well, it, wait, 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 yeah. wait, wait, wait. <laughs> what grade is this? This was uh, high school, maybe like uh, ninth grade, 10th grade. Was it grade mandatory? There. It was mandatory. Yeah. You had to design your own wedding book. Yeah. Yeah. Like ninth grade. when you're going to get married, how many kids you want to have and like a little bit of financial planning to it, which I can understand for most women that would mm-hmm. be like pretty helpful, but I was never that person. So I just on the sly wrote, this is so lame, but I wrote an article about the Dalai Lama and I just handed that into her. I was like, yeah, I'm not going to do this, but here's this like three page 
paper I wrote and she still gave me the points. Oh, that's nice. I was going to say, was there anyone edgy who was like, no kids? And everyone was like, <gasps> or like, what if you're like a young, scared lesbian and at that time, like marriage isn't an option for you. Yeah. Like oh, you're not yeah. really thinking towards like having kids. I would like, it's like, let's make a bad situation worse or like a situation where you feel uncomfortable and not yourself worse. Mm. Was there any, in, were there any instances in your high school of like people coming out or friends you knew were homosexual or what was the like LGBT conversation? Oh, that's a good question. The, nobody, nobody came out. I think they were very scared. Mm. Uh, my best friend in high school, he, I believe he is a closeted homosexual and he still hasn't come to out of the closet. Yeah. Oh, wow. He's gained a lot of weight. He's very Catholic. There's a big family, but he's, he would go off on weekends with boys from out of town that were homosexual. Mm-hmm. And I would, wouldn't speak to him for two days, you know, things like that. Like, I don't see a lot of straight men doing that. No. Have you ever, had, had you ever had a conversation with him? Like, Hey, be you. Cause you don't want to out somebody. You don't want to, yeah. it's not necessarily your business, but if you see a close person that you love not living their life to the fullest, like maybe you want to encourage it. Have you ever, did you ever have that talk with him? A little bit. I was like, you know, you could tell me if you were ever gay. Right. And yeah. he like flipped out on me Aww. and he was dating this girl. And I told the girl straight up and like sitting in the car one day, I was like, Hey, Brittany, uh, your boyfriend's gay. And she's like, we're going to get married and have children together. And I was like, you know what? Maybe you will, but he's going to come out of the closet later on and he's going to ruin your life. And then she cried, cried, cried. He called me up and he's like, we're over. And I was like, you know what? I saved both of your lives right now. Maybe you call me a bitch now, but I guarantee you'll thank me in like 20 years. Oh, I mean, I still, I was looking at Facebook pictures all weekend of several people I know who are homosexual getting married to straight people and just enjoy. I was just like, well, you know. Yeah, your life. Where is he now? Is he married? I think he's in like, no, he's not married. I think he's like a research guy somewhere in the Carolinas, like science research. He was actually one of the few people to get out of the town. Nice. Um, And I think him being gay sort of made him feel separate all the time. So that's mm-hmm. how he was able to get out. Do you think um, when you go, do you go back home to Louisiana? Is that still where your parents live? Mm-hmm. Do mm-hmm. people like look at you weird because you're not married with kids yet? A little bit. They're mostly like, I think they're a little tinge of jealousy that I got out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's probably why they project it. Cause like, I remember like Stephen and I just celebrated our five year anniversary, like this past March. And now all the questions are like, when are you getting married? When are you getting married? From people that I didn't even think I'm like, why the fuck do you care? I don't know. I don't care. We'll figure it out. They just want to drag you down with their life. Exactly. They Mm -hmm. want their unhappiness impinge on me. I'm like, fuck that shit. No. Do you want to get married? Um, I never really thought about it. That's not really in my thing. I mean, maybe for like tax purposes. (laughs) Yeah, there's some tax breaks. That'd be amazing. There's a lot. I mean, uh, it's very costly to be a single person. Oh, and you can have the same insurance. Mm Mm-hmm. And then that is that well, you get tax write offs. I mean, like the government is set up so that it encourages people to couple off. That is financially Mm. for sure. Yeah. Well, that's why you get a lot of people that are married just because, like, well, green card marriages. Obviously, that's there's a benefit to that. But like, I feel like people just get married because, like, yeah, we'll be on the same insurance. Well, you can just like share, you share everything. You know, everything's just cheaper if you're only paying fifty percent of it. Yeah, so true. And it's also (laughs) some kind of American dream of like settling down, having like a couple kids and a house and. A job, you know, that's, yeah. that's what a lot of people wish for. And that's good. It, it you know, it's makes the economy very stable. Yeah. It's comfort and security. Yeah. Yeah. What do you, what are your thoughts on kids? 
I like kids okay. Um, like I, having them. Would you ever want to? <laughs> oh. Kids are cunts, That's right? That's my favorite response. <laughs> I like them. That's what I always say. I'm like, yeah, they're, they're nice. They're fine. They're I've cute. never been like a baby. Like some people like like to hold babies. Like, <laughs> I'm that. Be yeah. babies. Yeah. It's weird. It's it's kind of annoying because it's like a thing I can't turn off, but I'm fucking my nephew. I'm like, oh, I just love babies so much. Really? Yeah. And I'm That's like, great. It's annoying a little <laughs> someone bit. Someone needs to. I know someone needs to love babies, but like, uh, you know, you, I'm 28. So, I mean, you can have a baby till you're what for in your 40, early 40s. I know mean, yeah, you're, high, you're sure. high risk. It's a geriatric pregnancy from, I think, 34, 35 onwards. Cause my, Uh-oh, my brother's, <laughs> my brother's, uh, ex-girlfriend who they have their child together. Her pregnancy was considered geriatric. I'm like, can you fucking use another word and not she's fucking 34 or whatever, however old she is. What does that mean? It just means you're at higher risk. There's like a couple things uh, that can go wrong. Wow. When I was 17, I was, I left home and I was bartending by the, is this mill in Port Allen, Louisiana. And there was a man there. He was probably in his 30 to 35. You know, when you're young and someone says they're in their thirties, you're like, that's so old. Yeah. <laughs> so far away from me. <laughs> you're never going to live that long. <laughs> I'm going to die young and beautiful. Exactly. Um, God. But uh, he told me I was 17. He said, by the time you're 19, it's going to be harder for you to have children. And by the time you're 20, no one's ever going to want you anymore. Whoa. Yeah. And he says, you're going to be too old. He said, you should marry me right now and start having children right oh, now. I knew there was something in it for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had just gotten a scholarship to college. And I was one of the first in my family to ever go. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, four years totally free. And I knew that would be something I have to capitalize on now because I could never do it. And I told him no. And then that's when I understood, like, why people do honor killings because his family was so mad at me. They were like, you've shamed us. You've what? shamed my son. How yeah. well did you know him? Uh, for, I, I, he was the, the boss's son. So I was, saw him pretty much every day. But I mean, did you even you like weren't, him? Where you weren't dating, he just asked you to marry Yeah, <laughs> we, we were like kind of dating. Like oh, I was, okay. I was still a virgin. I kind of liked him. And we kind of hold hands and kiss a little bit. Got, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But nothing like official. <laughs> But wow. yeah, wow. and there's a lot of men that would sit around the bar and agree. And they're like, yeah, once a woman turns 20, she's like less uh, socially desirable. It's harder what? for her kids. She hits the stage. 20? It was like a low key Playboy mansion. Yeah. <laughs> but like the what? South version. Yeah, like, Y'all wow. pussy get dried up by the time you're 20. Yeah, yeah. Ew. That's so young. I look back 17, 20. Oh and they God. think that you've, they kept saying hit the wall. You've hit the wall, hit the wall. And I was like, what does that even mean? What? And now I'm like 32 and I'm like, the wall's done. I yeah. broke out of it like the Kool-Aid man. You know? <laughs> yeah. I feel great. <laughs> yeah. The wall. Wow. The what? South, the South has uh some interesting and we've we've shit talked this out before. I I lived in uh, Chesapeake, Virginia for 10 years, and that was like, you know, the top of the South, I feel like. Because mm-hmm. there's still Confederate flags in the porches, and I didn't really get any of it. But the South does, whenever we talk about it, there are some amazing open-minded forward-thinking liberal individuals in the South, but there's also a lot of like the fucking racism and like the sexism, like that, like, having a group of gentlemen talk about how you're washed up after 20, that's yeah. fucking insane to me. <laughs> like that doesn't deserve, like that's crazy that that would ever, that that's a thought in someone's head. Yeah, that's well, I mean, Yeah, we were excited to have you on because we, we haven't had a lot of guests who spent time in the South on it. And I feel like, yeah, we are always, uh, we do often, especially in New York, like everyone's always like shit talking the South or like if you do an imitation of someone stupid, you put on a Southern accent. But I mean, that must feel shitty for someone like you who does have a Southern accent, but yeah. is not as progressive and is not by any means unintelligent. Can you speak a little bit about what that's like? What's it like? <laughs> like sounding like a dumbass, but not being? A dumbass. No, I'm just 
I love your accent. It's very charming. charming. My brother has a southern accent. Yeah. I love the South. I think there's plenty of smart people in the South. I mean, people shit talk Louisiana all the time, but like the scholarship I got on, a lot of people were available. Like they could get it called Tops. And what ultimately happened, it was private donored um, and it was statewide. Mm -hmm. So people, they go to college, they find their mate, they find what they love to do. They get out, they start a small business and a family. So it's ultimately better for uh, the whole like small business of Louisiana education is people are very smart. And uh, I remember I was on a mod team, which is like a sketch team at UCB years ago. And every time they would uh, have a dumb character, they gave him a Southern accent. I was like, (laughs) could you please uh, (laughs) go outside the box a little (laughs) little bit here? And they made fun of me and I stood my ground. I'll still stand my ground. Well, that's lazy comedy too. Yeah, absolutely. Well, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of dumb people up here. Oh, there's so many. And I, I mean, (laughs) I'm from Hicks. New Jersey. We certainly are the butt of many Hicks jokes. Hicks in the North mm. are so much scarier to me yeah. and like frightening than Hicks in the South. Because in the South, we all have God and poverty. Right. You know, that's what yeah. unites us. You're humbled. Yeah, yeah. In the North, it's just like, well, New York's about 20 minutes from here. So I'll just cut your face open. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I'll cut your face open, no one will know. <laughs> yeah, but there's still like Southern accents up here mm-hmm. in the, like the Northern Hick population. And it's like, it's so interesting to me. Yeah. Especially like, the, the racism thing. I... I I have been saying this to a few people and they kind of don't like hearing it, but I'll say it again. Um, say it. Say oh, it. We, love, we love saying things that people don't like hearing yeah. on this podcast. I think New York is even more racially segregated than anywhere in the South. Like I had mm-hmm. black friends growing up, you mm-hmm. know, and then I get to New York and then everybody's, they call like Phil my black friend. And I'm like, what? Oh, really? What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, God. And like the, the school system is more segregated than anywhere in the United States in New York City. Mm-hmm. Still- oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. And they've talked about all of these like to end like the graduation uh, rates. If you integrate schools, like you'll have a higher success. It's been proven before. Mm-hmm. And then the List American Life did a fucking episode about that. And this these fucking rich white parents like they 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 audio recorded the meeting this uh, like a town hall type meeting and mm-hmm. they were so against the segregation uh, the integration of the schools i'm like what you people are fucking horrible like yeah. your child should have a real world education and experience and everyone like the whole everyone is entitled to an equal education thing but you're right it, it's so divided in new york city because park avenue um is the richest and the poorest uh road like you can go you travel there there's a documentary on it where you travel in Park Avenue in the Upper East Side area is one of the richest zip codes in the entire country. And then you go up, continue up Park Avenue to the Bronx and it's one of the poorest zip codes in the country. Oh. It's one road connecting it. My goodness. Yeah. And no one like there's all the, these studies that prove that integrating schools is will help people graduate at higher levels. And nope. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm living in New York for 13 years and like living all over from like Williamsburg to Harlem. I mean, living in Harlem is sometimes like living in just a a different state or a different country. Like thing, there is like a different laws up there, different customs, almost like the way that you buy groceries at a bodega is different. And it's it's really I, I love it because I feel like it like takes me out of this like little box that I've been living in. But it's it's weird. And you, there was a time when I first moved there when there was really no place to get fresh fruits or vegetables. And, you know, we talk about food deserts a lot. I'm like, this is not a fucking joke. I'm like, hi, like, yeah, you know, and then white people started moving in and oh, what a surprise. Now there's fresh fruits and vegetables. So it's and like, you look at little really things like um, yeah. paving when it snows, like paving the roads. A lot yeah. of times Harlem is the last fucking area to get the snow uh, taken out of the roads. I'm like, what? <laughs> Duh. It's just so you're so being so blatantly 
yeah. racist towards these communities that have it's it's bad yeah, it's crazy i was uh when i was because i was living in south louisiana during katrina and, oh shit uh, that really made me like just distrust the government mm-hmm. absolutely because we had nothing and it was almost two weeks in and water was low food was low uh people would come on our property ask for help you mm-hmm. know or whatever and then we always had our gun with us and then these but one Whoa. day these two dudes came up and they were like uh we said how can we help you and they just turned around because I'm guessing they ran out of bullets or guns or something that want to come fuck us up, right? So oh. we'd see helicopters and we would just wave, wave, wave. We need help. We need food. We need, And they just kept going. We know you can see us. And then I finally turned the TV on after a few weeks and they called us all thugs. They oh, us God. All, yeah. And they said rioters. And I was like, we're just protecting our home. Yeah. Right. What are you doing calling us thugs? Because we didn't go to, to a FEMA camp. Mm-hmm. So it, once you go to a FEMA camp, you can't leave. Really? Oh, wow. Because now it's a, because um, now it's a, you're a liability. You know, what if you right. leave and you came back with a disease or with drugs or something? So your home is gone. Your life is gone. Uh-huh. It oh, made me Jesus. Mad. <laughs> so your whole neighborhood was flooded and you couldn't get, could you travel anywhere by vehicle? Um, well, we lived like way out in the woods. Mm-hmm. So it was, um, I think the closest neighbors were maybe like a 20 minute walk. Oh, but okay. everybody was like helping each other out. That's you know? nice. But the government just completely called us a bunch of thugs. Oh, that's fucked up. Yeah. Because I remember Kanye West was, went on that rampage of like, George Bush hates black people. Just because of the way that that was, yeah. they fucking didn't put any, there was no help. And then the Hurricane None. Sandy happens and everyone's just like, oh yeah, here, would you like an hors d'oeuvre? Yeah. We're like, yeah. all right, well. Why don't you do that? Treat everyone equally. That's like because nice it affected uh, middle class homes, white homes, yeah, northern homes, <sighs> right? No, I mean I love when he said George Bush doesn't care about black people. I mean because I was like, okay, well someone someone needed to say it. Somebody does. <laughs> it's because it's evident in in what is happening, but just no one had vocalized it <laughs> yeah. so succinctly. Like only Kanye West can. <laughs> so let's talk about more sex stuff. With yeah. You. When did you start masturbating? Um, I was pretty young. How was I used to masturbate uh, with my mom's uh, good candles. <laughs> Yeah. You mess. How do you masturbate with your mom's good candles? Well, do you know those like the long shape. candles? Like it's yeah, yeah. Yeah, just put it in there. Like, perfect wah, shape. Wah, 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 wah. You're an innovator. <laughs> you just like put it, rub it against you, like up in the pussy hole. Yeah, that sounds. Nice. Oh, you put it up. You put a candle up your pussy. Put it up. I in mean, the, no, I'm lit. thinking of a thick. I'm thinking of like a thick ass pillar candle. No, like the uh, ones that you would put on a dining room, a fancy dining room table. Yeah. Oh, so you masturbated by putting things inside yourself. Yeah. <sighs> I wish I did that. I didn't know about the clitoris, like what that did till pretty late to college. You had internal orgasms as like a young. I don't think I had orgasms. I was just like, this feels good. <laughs> yeah. Huh. <laughs> Would your mom ever be like, Amber, why my candles smell like pussy? Yeah. Why I won't they light? <laughs> <laughs> why is the wick drenched? <laughs> did she ever find out? No, nobody ever found out. Wow. And they were all like broken and wouldn't light. You know, like, what is this? What's happened to the candles? Like, this is a candle epidemic. <laughs> I'm suing Yankee Candle. <laughs> um, when did you start hooking up with dudes? Um, I was maybe like a freshman, sophomore in college. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I waited late, but I was like, I just got to like sort of get myself on some kind of feet. Did you feel any pressure to like get it over with, like with the virginity thing? A little bit, yeah, because it was a little too, I felt grossed out that it was, because uh, I was like a, a kid feminist. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, and I was like grossed out that um, it, for a woman, it was so precious yeah, and you never lose this. But for a man, it's like you got to get it, you got to go. Right. You know. I remember asking my parents. I mean, maybe I was too young, so they were creeped out by it. But I was like, <laughs> like five. Yeah. I was like, so you know, my brothers have had sex, but what if I had sex before I'm married? And they were just like, we would disown you. Your parents said that. Yeah, yeah. Were they serious? Yeah. 
Wow. But wait, so wait, your mom seems very like progressive and having a second, but she all, but she still held these views. That's so yeah. interesting. She, she was yeah. more protective over you than the son. Than I think her so. Sons. Yeah. She's very protective because she grew up like a Southern Baptist minister's daughter in the fifties, sixties uh, in Louisiana. And that was oh, not easy okay. for her. That, yeah, that sounds a little rough. Yeah. Like what were the types of obstacles that she would have to like her father, the minister, he uh, molested her sisters. Oops. My aunts were, and I have this one aunt. So your grandpa's a pedophile? My grand, he's dead, thank God, but Ooh, he's done. Thank God. No, I'm just kidding, sorry. Um, I know, but yeah, thank God he's out of here. Um, but I have this one aunt who's like crazy. She's an alcoholic. And, oh, because uh, she, she was fucking. She was, well, she was the one that was when they were kids, she'd be like, uh, Daddy, don't play with Betty. Come have sex with me. <gasps> oh and my God. She would, and then you could hear her having sex with her, the father in the next room. And they're like, why is, why is Barbara just being so like, loosen while like why don't you just get it together like later on in life and I'm like because she fucked her own oh, father yeah god. yeah yeah jesus you know Christ. wow oh my god how did he did anybody did that come to light any legal any legal? no there's a lot of like there's a whole dark web of southern baptist preachers there's in fact a man just recently in my mom's church he raped a 12 year old girl and nobody wanted to do anything about it because these Southern oh, Baptists, Christ. they're poor, they're humble, they don't want to be on TV, they don't want to cause a ruckus. Right. So they were just going to let this man still preach there. And my mother what was the like, "Fuck, yeah, she protested and got the guy got the guy out. Did she say Thank what God. he did? Or yeah, no? yeah. Absolutely. Okay, they good, brought it good. to light. And the grandmother who walked in on him, she was like on her side and everything. Yeah. Oh my God. So How did huge... your mom deal with your her father molesting her sisters? She was, she was very angry with him for a long time. Yeah. That's a part of the reason why we left to Saudi Arabia. <laughs> you really got the fuck out of there. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, she just wanted to get out, see the world. And he was also very manipulative of her being a woman. He says that she wanted to be a performer. And he said, women don't do that. You become uh, mothers uh, or you do uh, nursing or teaching. Wow. That's you it. think that influenced you to become a performer? Because yeah. it was like she never got the opportunity. fuck that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How Absolutely. long did he live? When did he die? He died when I was like a freshman in high school. Did you even... Did she even, was she sad about it? Was she happy about it? She was That's a little so weird. Yeah, it's very complicated. She's a little weird because there's still her father passed right. away, but she didn't want to, um, she didn't want to like bash his name because yeah. it's her own name. And I have all of these, um, his, his ministries on uh, uh, audio recording. And it's insane. I mean, he was a very good preacher, despite the fact that he molested Such his kids. kids. <laughs> and I said, can I use this for my comedy routine? And she said, not until I die. Mm. So you're like, all right, sit on that gold, I'm, uh, baby. I'm really waiting to launch this out, ma. Well, the thing is, I was like, you seem to say that not Jesus. casually, but pretty like comfortably. But is it something? So you're okay discussing it, but is it discussed openly within your family, or is it? Um, not, not really. They sort of take his name, and they. I think that his. My mom, my aunts, my mom's sisters, they're very quiet about it. I mm -hmm. mean, they're also badass bitches in their own right. Mm -hmm. Nice. Um, I don't think his name is ever even really mentioned. Maybe. Voldemort. Yeah. Their kids sometimes kind of enjoy him, but I don't think some of my um, cousins never, I don't think they really know what he mm. did. I think they, their mother hid that from them, but my mother was open with me. And were you That's allowed awesome. to interact with him at any? That's why she was very, uh, yeah, I was never allowed to play with him Just as a child. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Never. Yeah. Well, that's fair. That's he, uh, good. Yeah. You lose your privilege. Don't play with it. grandpa, honey, because he'll play with you back in a way that, uh, Gosh, that you don't want. Fuck you up. I think one time I was doing something and he spanked me and I was Ooh. very young. Mm. And um, 
and my mother like quickly like picked me up and got me out of there. And then uh, and then I looked at him. And I said, now, why did you do that to my grandfather? And he gave her a book and it's all I forget what it's called. I was reading it recently. It's all about how to uh, tame a woman. <gasps> oh, my God. Yeah. That's jarring. Yeah. And it's, I was reading some of it. It said that some babies are born in this world screaming and they're not nice and they're always pushing the envelope. And especially if they're women, you have to clip this attitude of rebellion inside of them. Who wrote this book? Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. Man, oh man, oh yeah. man. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's like 1940s Louisiana child bringing up. That's book. like pretty recent. That is really not think about that it. long ago. Mm-hmm. You, well, you know, it's interesting. A lot of the one of an email that is very unfortunately common that we get is I was molested oh. and I never told anybody. And, and but I'm telling you. And so people will tell us about I mean, we've heard some a, a woman who was uh, raped by her father and uh, a lot of her father's friends. And she got out of it. Uh, but I mean, it's just so fucking people keep this like secret inside and they don't ever tell anybody. But I would imagine there's some kind of catharticism to talking about it just to telling people yeah and just like this is a thing and it's really dark and it really sucks but that's what it is it happened and this is how we're gonna deal with it like in in boston i mean all of those in massachusetts the catholic priests that whole scandal that was broke in the and the newspaper i think it was the boston globe is the one that really like dug in and did some investigative journalism and uncovered that but like there's a lot of priests a lot of priests a lot of priests because you're in a position of power and you're respected by the community and you know you're preaching the Lo- the lord's word so it's yeah. like what what it's kind of like what better position of trust to manipulate for your yeah. own ways Good. it's kind of ideal Man, that shit is dark, yo. Yeah. Yeah, but you got to talk about it or else you end up like members of my family who are just sort of lost. Yeah. And oh, very sad. Yeah. Dr- she drinks like a pack of Budweiser every day. Hmm. Does she ever talk about it or does she not ever want, like if you brought it up, would she like kind of have an anxiety attack or? It's a good question. I never really bring it up around her. I think I brought it up once and then she just spit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. That's, that, that's a great, that's a metaphorical reaction of how yeah, she feels. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. Damn. Now, have any of these experiences, do you feel like they've, uh, you, they're reflected in your stand-up or are these things that you're talking about? Because I know you, you do talk about, like, I've heard jokes where you talk about, like, women's bodies and, but your your comedy is so interesting and unique that, yeah, it's just like, it's, it's it always, highlights the way, like, yeah. like your, I love your ex body spray <laughs> joke about how, like, things are marketed to men versus right. women and stuff. Uh-huh. And it seems like, people were trying to like in your area and maybe not specifically towards you, but towards like the women in your community trying to like, you know, put you down in a box and like not have you fly away. And that would make me want to fly away fucking thousand times more. Absolutely. I think there is something in a, in the community I was raised in. Well, my mother was very much like uh, an independent thinker, you Mm -hmm. know? So I think that's another reason how I got out, but it was very much, um, you take shit and you eat it and you're humble about it and you Mm -hmm. don't ask for more. And you just find the nicest man you can and he will protect you because the world is a big, scary place. And if you were to go out there on your own, it's just going to rape you. And uh, rape, 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 rape. I'll take my chances. Does your mom know you've had sex before marriage? Uh, I told her once and she called everybody in the family and told them. Whoa. Wait, that's rude. Yeah. How old were you? I was... uh, yeah, the, I think in college, first couple of years in college, I told her, we having like a heart to heart one day. She told me, that was the first time she told me about her father oh. uh, molesting her. Oh, oh, that's a big yeah. deal. There, well, she kept like, it that long. She kept it that long. And then I told her that, oh, I've, I've had sex. Because I thought we were just like opening up. Right. And then she <laughs> didn't like that and then called everybody. 
What did she say to him? Amber, yeah, how do you open that? Sex. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> Wait, did she not know what to do with herself? Was she beside herself? She was calling up family members that I haven't spoken to in years. You know, like uncles. Me like, Jesus. Yeah. Did she tell you she called these people? Or My brother called me and he said, Amber, uh, your mom, our mom just called me and said, uh, you have sex. You've had sex. And I was like, hi, mom. I haven't spoken to you in about a year. You know? Wow. How did that make you feel? That would piss me off. Weird. Well, she's like a weird lady. Because she's, she's forward thinking in a lot of ways, but also very traditional yeah. in other ways. Yeah, mm. she's hard to like get your mind around. Uh, she's <laughs> very, I think she has, um, uh, what do we call it? Uh, hyster, histrionics personality disorder. That's where you like have to have a lot of attention at oh, all okay. times. And if you don't, uh, then you freak out. So I think this is another way for her to like get attention. Oh, was she diagnosed with that? I've never even heard of that term. Well, we've always thought often that she was like bipolar mm-hmm. or something, but bipolar means you really do have a shift in your body. I think she just has the shift to get attention. Yeah. Ooh. Well, God, I wonder if my, because my mom was diagnosed bipolar and then they're like, wait, no, you just have brain seizures. But when I told my mom I first had sex, she kind of coerced it out of me a little bit. She was kind of like, well, you haven't done that, have you? And I didn't lie. And I was like, well, I mean, and then yeah. she, we were in a restaurant. She left the restaurant. She made my dad pick me up. I'm oh like, are you God. fucking kidding me? Granted, I was 15, very young. Whoa. But it was with my boyfriend. I mean, you know, whatever. He was older. Uh, I think he was like 19 Ooh, or 18. That could be illegal. Totally. It was illegal. <laughs> um, but my parents were nine years apart, so that wasn't the part they cared about. Ah. Because they were like, well, he's whatever. Yeah. Um, but well, my scary. mom freaked the fuck out. I mean, I can't imagine having a daughter and, and her telling you she's had sex. Because you, when you have a daughter, you want her to like... I don't know. I guess I, you do want to protect yourself. I, but that's that's the thing. That's right. what we have to get rid of, though. The notion to protect daughters and not sons. Like, yeah. be as equally loving and protective over both your kids. Because I get that, like... Uh, well, I mean, then you raise a pussy, so it's just... Or, or <laughs> just let your kids do, so, their, do their fucking thing. That's why I can't have kids. Make Honestly, mistakes. I would just be so nervous all the time. I would be I so nervous all the time. And I'm not even I a would. worrier, but I would just would... I don't know. I would just always think, oh, well, this is the day that they die. Just oh. every time that they leave the, door, the house. I so would just times. be so self aware of the, the fact that if I'm being overprotective or like overbearing because that man that really well because you grew takes up a with toll. See, it takes and a it, fucking toll yeah but I my mom didn't have the liberal portion of her personality at all she was just don't have sex don't don't do drugs don't blah 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 and she was depressed so I would used to tell her I used to tell her I'm like mom I'm never gonna do drugs and in high school I never smoked weed or cigarettes that's great and I'm like I'm never gonna smoke weed and then I got into college I'm like I'm never gonna do coke and then I got after college I'm like I won't do heroin. <laughs> but my mom would get so disappointed because she would hold me to those promises that I made knowing that like I was 15 when I told her I wasn't going to smoke weed. Yeah. Shit changes when you're 21 and 22. What do you know? And also they grew up in a different time period. Yeah. Well, great. Well, maybe the 60s, 70s, it was a little more loosey goosey drugs. Right. But, but my to- parents didn't partake in that shit. No, no. My I- mom got married. I met my dad when my, she was 18, got married at 19, had my brother. And then, Yeah. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Is she a stay at home mom? Yeah. Wow. She always was. Yeah. Good for her. Yeah. But she's so overprotective. Of course. So that, that, you're like, her world. You're a baby. I hate that. <laughs> I don't want to be anybody's world except <laughs> my own person. Oh. You know what I'm saying? That's nice, though, because you can call your mother. She'll answer. You know? She will. Sometimes I'll call my mother. I won't get a phone call back for like another week. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Why won't she call you back? What is your mom doing these days? Busy. Yeah. She's a teacher. Okay. Oh, shit. Yeah. So well, she's great. busy. Um, middle school theater. Oh, that's fun. In Mississippi. She Does she like that you're doing stand-up? I, we talked about this recently. I don't think, I think she likes that I'm out. 
and then I'm performing <laughs> and then I'm happy. But I don't think she really gets the stand up thing. Um, I know it was stand up yeah. even did when you were a little girl, a little girl, did you know that like stand up comedian was an occupation that you could have? I had no idea. Yeah. And the only there. time I ever saw it was men. And I thought that was like, yep. Yeah. Jeff Foxworthy was the first. I had his cassette tapes. Yep. I fucking loved him. I loved it. But I didn't even know that was a thing I could even do or like, mm-hmm. how do you do that? Yeah. Nikki Glaser, I was telling Corinne, was like the first example when she did that documentary years ago. I was like, oh, yeah, like a young, cute girl can be a stand up. Wow. That's good to know. Like yeah. She was the first example I had of that. That's great. Yeah. We, you know, if you don't, if you aren't given these examples, then how do you even know yeah. that it exists or that you could even do it absolutely and so you start and you started so you started in theater and you, you, your major was theater in college mm-hmm. is that correct yeah and then so how did you make the tra- i know well i know you still act, you still act and perform and you're still at ucb but then how how did you make the transition into also doing stand-up where did that when did that happen or what bad thing happened to you, you to that? who to fucked me? you up <laughs> yeah where did everything go wrong oh god so many uh, well i would say uh, i came to new york to do theater and um i was also i really liked improv so i was doing stuff at ucb i was a cocktail waitress and that's how i paid my way oh, mm-hmm. and then i uh, i didn't like that um I couldn't write my own thing and that a lot of roles for women was uh, based on your hair color. It really was. I mean, granted, I was getting shitty yep. roles, but it was like Sandra, redhead. You right. know what I mean? And yeah. like, that was it. And I got cast in this one film and I shot in Jersey and the guy, the director who had never done film before, never any theater, nothing. Mm-hmm. He was just a uh, Wall Street guy. I'll try this. Yeah. He oh. was a Wall Street guy. He took a severance pay. He wanted to make a movie. Okay. And he brought me one day, he brought me to a um, Motel 6. He ordered some Uh-oh. pizza and he said, <laughs> get on the bed and don't do some improvises with me. Um. And I was like, no. Uh, and then Good he called for you. Me, yeah. He called me fat and he fired me right then <laughs> and there. See, you, he w- you wouldn't have sex with him, so he called you fat and told you to leave. That's not even yeah. a good insult because it doesn't even work for you. What did you? What do you? How did you feel? I, that would that would have because I I'm just now recently under realizing that people are hard. Like people can be horrible because yeah. to me, like everyone's great until they prove me wrong, and then I'm really bummed out that mm-hmm. they're shitheads. But that would fear infuriate me so hard. I didn't know what to do. He left the hotel room and I was just stuck alone in Jersey. I didn't have a car. Did you I eat nothing. the pizza? I ate the pizza. Oh, okay. after okay. Yeah. <laughs> so 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 I was I like, that was my main concern. <laughs> Can't that pizza going to get cold. Gotta do it. Um, and just, I just kind of sat there in this hotel room. I was like, what do I want to do? Why am I doing this? Why am I like relying mm. my happiness? Why am I putting it in the hands of these dudes that don't give no fucks about me? Mm-hmm. Why am I doing that? Has it had any other incidences like that occurred to you where a dude was just a huge shithead? Yeah, just a few, not as bad as that, but that yeah. was just like, you know what? I got to put my, I got to make my own life here. That yeah. was the, that was the cinematic moment yeah. why Amber started stand up. That's kind of a great, that's a very empowering story in a way though, because it's just like, because that is what stand-up is. It's you have an idea or a concept that you want to share and you can pretty much immediately bring it to the stage. I mean, sometimes it's way too soon, but you know, work it out in front of everybody. <laughs> and like, how did, how did you kind of co- create the onstage persona that you have? Because it's really unlike anything I've seen. I know I'm sure people uh, compare you to Maria Bamford a lot, but other than that, I mean, who do you get? You're you, yeah, which really is great. Yeah, I don't get a lot of comparisons. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I did Gilbert Gottfried last night at Stick or Treat. Oh, yeah? You have to, like, be the other comic. Right. That was a lot of fun because it's just dirty one-liners, you know? Yeah, um, yeah I, I don't know. I just kind of kept doing it. I find that a lot of managers and agents, like the, the gatekeepers in this world, they, like, like <sighs> me, okay, but they sort of look at me like... Um, 
like this weird little feral child. It's like, what do we do with you? And kind of like, please leave us alone. Like, please go, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, I always forget this, but you dated Frank. I which did. Which is Corinne's <laughs> ex. Yeah, I don't know if you, I do, I don't, I don't know how much you know, but like this podcast was started when Frank when dumped When Frank me. dumped her. Really? She was really... And I had like a nervous breakdown that lasted quite a long time. Yeah, and then this podcast <sighs> came out of that uh, through the heartache and the tears Whoa. came guys we fucked mm-hmm. well, you didn't know that i didn't know that because i know she's done bits about frank on stage like especially yeah, like, at the I've beginning you've heard bits about him i just didn't know if you knew who he was about oh. but like any breakup material you've ever heard is about frank nice <laughs> wow. you didn't know i didn't know oh wow i broke Sur- his heart though surprise you did i did know that because i believe i dated him right after you <gasps> dated him so i there was he, he had a lot of trust issues with me i think really oh my god way to go no Amber. it's it's it's, it's, it's you know, you know, it all ended out. Up but also people high. need to realize like when you date yeah. somebody and then you date another person, that's a different person. Like the, it doesn't yeah. carry over. Right. Sure. Wait, how'd you break his heart? Ooh, I wrote, I sat down one day on my computer and I wrote a pros and cons list about him. And oh, then I, I left it open that. and I went yeah. and took a shower and he saw, <gasps> no. he saw the pros and cons Why? list. I and liked her here. because I was like, oh, I love making lists too. Great way to make Wait, did you write you that? He yeah, told you? He did tell me that, yeah. Oh my God. I didn't remember until just now. It wasn't like something I like think every yeah. time I see you, but I oh did I did remember that. What a bitch. Was he there while you wrote it? No, he was out. And I was just like. And then it was just up. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't your wasn't your computer asleep by the time you got in the shower i think well yeah it was a little asleep. snooping evolved yeah i think a little snooping yeah. <laughs> every honestly every time i've snooped i've found something i'm like oh okay we shouldn't all right yeah good this to know why i don't want to snoop know. yeah did you want to break up with him or did you were you just at truly at a crossroads of like what's the better choice i don't know i was at a crossroads what's the yeah. better choice i called him a doormat in the um in the in the cons, cons that was a con he saw it and then he went on tumblr that night and started posting pictures of doormats <laughs> Yeah, so mean. I mean, that wasn't meant for his eyes. Yeah. So, you know, it was honest on your part. Yeah. Wait, you, see, you seem like you still honestly feel bad about it, which was is very sweet, but I mean, you know. I feel bad. I cheated on a boyfriend once. <laughs> I told him right away because I couldn't live with it. But then I lied to him and I said I only kissed him, but I really had sex with the person. Ooh. And then when I interviewed him on the podcast, his name's Darren. He's fucking awesome dude. Such the sweetest guy. And I was like, remember when I told you that I only um, made out with that guy? He's like, yeah. I'm like, I did more. And he was, I was like, I'm sorry. I don't mean that we hadn't talked in years except for on the podcast. I'm, yeah. like, I'm so sorry. He's like, well, if you would have told me that back then, I wouldn't have stayed with you. So <laughs> yeah, we were together for like two more years after that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's but interesting I've, how things can like, yeah, can hurt for so long. And like, even after you've moved on and especially the com- comedy community is so incestuous. Like yeah. there was a time I remember when I was first dating Frank and I was just like, I go into every room and I have to see someone you did like and oh, now I fucking yeah. co-host guys be fucked and like literally I mean like there's yeah. you know any any given lineup I've had sex with somebody who knows whatever <laughs> uh, it was a rough breakup so I was really making up for lost time um, Live it. I'm in a relationship now but I've fucked a lot of comics before right. I was in a relationship I'm almost yeah. like glad I got a boyfriend right as I started stand up I would have banged everyone <laughs> Yeah. Because I'm like, you're funny. What are you like in bed? Nice. I kind of just want to know. You know what? I found that the dudes, because I would always find dudes that were cool about it. Because I would say like, don't mm. tell people and I'll keep yeah. fucking you, you know? <laughs> but they right. Would, they would tell like some of their like women friends and the women would be the ones that spread the rumors. Mm. Uh, yeah. It was always Rumors about like. 
about like who I fucked and like don't trust her. It was women what? that would do it. Don't yeah. trust yeah. her. Yeah, but why yeah. would they, that, don't trust you? Because what does that have to do with anything? Because they're you're just, having sex with people. I know. Well, these are also just not good ladies. <sighs> yeah. Well, it's it sucks because when women are shitty to each other, which unfortunately happens uh, more than it should. It just happens in general and it shouldn't. But like they're really mean. They're really mean. Girls can be mean. <sighs> Gotta so be good. nice. Really, I had like two years of my life ruined by another woman. Oh, why? Yeah. How? She was just mean to me. What did she because like, of some sexual something in your sexual past? Sexual past or like would like fine thing like when my dad died, she was like, "Oh my god, who's gonna pay for your cell phone bill?" What? Yes. Did she even know you? Like, were you ever friends with this person? Kind of like she was around, you know. Oh so, god. Yeah. Ugh, that's so rude. And it took it you it, it took me a while to understand like when people are assholes, a lot of times it's just they're projecting something like their own insecurity onto another person. I'm like, mm. you're an easy target. And now that I know that, I, I can see it very clearly when yeah. people are doing that. Now that we're adults. But when you're younger, you're just like, why are oh. they being mean to me? <laughs> oh, I was bullied and I cried and cried in middle school and high school. That was a bummer. Girls are mean. No, are you are you still in the same? Are you dating Nick? Is that I'm dating okay. Nick better? I yeah. was like I was like I'm not sure because you've been dating each other for a while, right? Yeah, maybe like three or four years. Do you live together? No, we live separately. When are you gonna marry me? <laughs> now, have you ever have you ever lived with a man? Um, I've never lived with a man. Me neither. Isn't it like <laughs> when you live? I have a whole bit about this, but like it's so interesting to be living with someone romantically because you see a part of someone's life so much closer than you would see a roommate part of a roommate like the clipping the toenails Ugh. or just little things that we as humans do we have to do mm-hmm. but you you really have a front row seat man and i'm like a little bit messy like i leave yeah. like coffee cups laying around and like you know <laughs> you used bad bitch bad bitch <laughs> and i don't think that would i you know it, it, i've got a clean up my act literally yeah <laughs> so do you have a do you have a roommate that you live with i have roommates yeah but okay. my rent is so cheap so mm-hmm. if i were to live with him i'd be paying double so it's just like i'll just go stay a few nights with you you know and he's we're also both out of town quite often so right has it ever been things. discussed or something that you've talked about a little bit yeah we talked Which about like moving <laughs> moving together to la or something uh-huh yeah okay have you ever been in an open relationship or a relationship that you could be like monogamish no, but that has fascinated me because, you know, I just like dick. Yeah, I love, <laughs> I love dick, right? Want all kind of dick. And sometimes I want other dicks just because the fact that, like, it's not the dick that I'm used to. It doesn't even matter if it's better or worse. I don't even yeah. care. That's not even the point. Yeah, I don't love that dick. I love your dick. Right. But I just want to try other dicks. See how, see how that <laughs> dick works. Yeah, but I don't think he would be into that at all. Yeah. So I just, you know, uh, cough it down and hopefully I don't get too drunk and cheat on <laughs> Have you ever had that discussion with him? Because I've preached it with Steven and he's told me that, you know, because we have three ways. That's like the adventurous thing we do now. Really? Yeah. Not not a ton. But we've had a, we've had two so far. And um, and it's really fun. But I kind of want like it's nice to chase dick. It's nice. It's just the chasing the dick and getting it. I don't even care what head is attached to that dick. Yeah. It's just that in and of itself is like a confidence booster for me. And I feel like. It would add, it would add like a nice layer to the relationship, mm. but maybe not. I don't know. I don't know. He's a pretty monogamous dude. Yeah. So, and he's pretty old fashioned, which, which I like. Sweet. Yeah. That's the reason why I liked him. Cause he's just very nice. Like and a kind. Hurt him. Right. Yeah. Right. So. Have you, have you ever cheated on somebody? No. No. No, no. I usually just broke up with him before I even had right. that feeling. I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's like my theory too. I'm just like, if, unless it's just something where you do like a, make a drunk mistake, mm. like yeah. if you, what, I can't imagine like planning. It seems honestly just like too much work for me. Yeah. And then I would feel weird about covering it up. 
So yeah, I well, that's the one now. time I cheated on the boyfriend. I felt so bad. I'm like, I have to tell him right now. Like I called him like early the next morning. I was just like screamed it. And he's like, okay, we'll talk about it. Like, I'm sorry, I'm horrible. But the thing is, like, I listen to Dan Savage's podcast all the time. And I talk about him a lot on here. And he's always, he always says, he's like, most couple cheating will happen to most people. Like you will get cheated on. Maybe you'll never know. Or you will cheat on somebody. Maybe you'll never tell them. But like, it's something that happens. It doesn't have to be a make or break. It doesn't have to be a deal breaker because there's so many reasons why people cheat. It could just be for the fact that like, I want to know what it's like to chase some dick. Yeah. And that's it. It has nothing to do with who the person is and who, how I think about your partner. And that's so interesting to me because I always thought like, if someone ever cheated on me and they have before, I like, I like throws my world upside down and it like almost causes me an identity crisis. Mm. But now I have this like whole new feeling on it. I'm like, I think if Steven cheated on me, I'd probably be like, that's okay. Like, let's talk about like why it happened happened and yeah you talk about because you you originally want to be like well i don't have a good enough pussy right my personality sucks and then you know <laughs> yeah. maybe you just wanted to slip it in another else. another girl's pocket yeah. I, mean, I think the key is it like yeah even with cheating like it's just not about you really that's yeah. that's not no, that's the answer to a lot of questions and a lot of like feelings that people feel now how for as far as like weird sex shit what are you into weird sex shit i mean i, I would hope that you are just because that's how i yeah. painted a picture of you in my head but i don't same. know oh yeah <laughs> same 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 i look weird i'm down to try anything i've never tried butt stuff and that's only because really? I, have, I have hemorrhoids oh, so I don't oh that'll get in the way it's painful yeah it's I, I, painful. that's why i went to the er because of uh, anal and that because and i had hemorrhoids and i was like oh that's stupid it kind of ruined it for me oh my god so i'm like scared to do it again but butt stuff's cool yeah but well, can we, can the hemorrhoid talk, thing does I would love like to that about gets how, in the way. Do you do you wait hemorrhoids? I felt like they go away though. You just always have them. I'm I very s- curious. Yeah, yeah. I just have them. I try to get them out, but you uh-huh. know they don't go. They're just there. You know. Can't yeah, like you get cream, them burned right? off? I think I can get them burned off. Because I was like, oh, I word? have a lot of gay friends, so yeah. I do actually know that someone had them burned off. Yeah. Oh really? Mm-hmm. And That's- then how else do you get them to go away? Cream. Burn or freezing. Isn't oh, that horrible? Wow. You already have a fucking hemorrhoid, and the yeah. doctor's like, "We gotta burn it or freeze it off." Like, what are you gonna? What the fuck? Have you ever had a hemorrhoid? Seems like it would be more comfortable than burning. Yeah. Have you done either? No, I just live with it. <laughs> and really? what, I feel like that's not excruciating for you. Well, it's excruciating. Like when I eat, like if I were to eat really, really bad. Yeah. Because you know? then the digesting it is not a party. Ooh, no. And it's I, not. I would bleed. Like I bleed. <gasps> yeah. I have them internally. I haven't actually had them in a in a second, which I just realized. Um. But uh, yeah, I would always bleed like I had a period. Yeah, like, well, this sucks. It's bad. It hurts. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Hemorrhoids on the sex podcast. That's so sexy. No, it happens. I, I love that though because I think I think a lot of times people don't get things treated because they're not only so embarrassed that they can't tell a friend, they are so embarrassed that they can't tell their own doctor. Yeah. And it's like if you can't tell your doctor about something medical that's happening with your body, like wow, yeah. what's going on? Yeah, and hemorrhoids. That's the nastiest one. <laughs> I got hemorrhoids. <laughs> oh, I hope that you say it like that. <laughs> what's the freakiest sex thing that you've done? Oh, I yeah, I've uh, sex um sex with a stranger in an elevator. Oh, that's fun. That was really? fun. Did you meet him in the elevator? Uh, I met him like just before going up there. And Ooh. I was just like and I was like a little bit tipsy and I was young and I was like this guy's really cute. And we started like flirting and then he's pulled the elevator, and stopped it, and I just started fucking. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was great. And then like somebody the elevator started going again and somebody opened and I heard somebody goes, "I'll catch the next one." <laughs> 
<laughs> That's right. You smell sex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was so much fun. Did you, now, was that an instance? Like, did you even exchange names or was it like just true, like mystery dahlia? Mystery. Ooh. I love yeah. that. I want to do that. Yeah, it was great. That sounds fun. <laughs> wow. But I was, I was like very young and sweet. And I often wondered, like, I get sad and I look in the mirror sometimes and I'm like, am I too, like, do people consider me too old for anything fun like that? You know? No, you're young. <laughs> you're a young woman. I'm young. <laughs> right? Do you ever have periods with your boyfriend or any periods with boyfriends in the past where you like, there was a lull and you're like, this is getting pretty boring. Sexual yeah. Lull, yeah. yeah. What do you do? Like, I, I feel like I almost feel like I'm in the midst of that. It, like my, my horniness level has kind of gone down over the past couple of months. I'm like, what the fuck, Christina? It's one of those things where like you're having a bad day. So you force yourself to smile. Yeah. You know, just get on top one day. <laughs> I do. And I never regret it. Yeah. I never regret it. But it's it takes it's taken more to get over that hump of like, I mean, there's still a lot, plenty of times where I'm like, I want to fuck. We're going to fuck when we get home. Is that OK? And then but then I'm like, uh, I feel like I'm saying no to him more. Like he never says no to me. Yeah. And I'm always I feel like I'm constantly saying no. And I feel like a piece of shit. I was born in my earlier 20s. I mean, I can still get there. I don't know. I just I'm, I think we're just getting you know tired but i thought when you get older yeah. when you're a that's woman like 40, you get hornier though. that's not 28 28 was, is not the time <laughs> i thought it was 30s mm, i think it's more like 40s i mean oh, that's why it's like it. a cougar or like a mrs robinson those aren't people <sighs> in their 30s those are 40s 40s 50s i can't wait <laughs> so when you're when you're kind of experiencing like a rut you just like get on top of that dick yeah just get on top just go for it or like push him in the bedroom you know yeah just do it okay yeah it do, helps things do you ever watch porn with a boyfriend I haven't. No, but I have like masturbated in front of him. A few oh, times. Cool. I love mutual masturbation. I think it's yeah. really fun because I like watching semen come out of a penis, mm. specifically <laughs> the person I'm fucking. Not just because I, I don't like that in porn. Mm -hmm. It's okay, but uh, I really love when a guy's like grabbing his dick. I'm like, what a manly sight. Yeah, it's like a little water is. balloon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I always masturbate in front of my boyfriend, but then I feel bad that like. I wonder if he feels like he's not as involved. Right. Or like Does he masturbate while you're masturbating? No. Oh, it's just he, you. He usually finishes early and I'm still ready to go. Right. So I'll start masturbating. Mm -hmm. And then I often wonder, like, does he feel less appreciated? Huh. Could he get does he get hard again or no? He's just like Sometimes. one one and he's out. Kind of usually one and done. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I could be like that too. But sometimes it's just like, yeah, I'm just continue rubbing one out. But he's yeah. my boyfriend's always like, do you want more? Do you want more? And I'm like, no, <laughs> I feel like I should, I guess, by how insistent you are. But I don't. Nice. I had sex in the uh, woods one time Ooh. in the park and I looked up and somebody was taking photos of me. Oh. So somewhere on the Internet, there's there a picture nudes. of me laid out on a blanket just having sex with this dude. Was it daytime or nighttime? Daytime. Did you say like, hey, mister? Stop. No. Uh, I think we just kept going. <laughs> I think uh, a lot of times on the podcast, we talk about like kind of uh, it's how it's interesting to be a woman, especially in New York, because there will be a time when you will be offered money or something mo much like that motel instance to do something that you're like, mm, this is questionable, but I can make so much money and it's so easy. Yeah. Have you ever had any experiences like that while living in the city or or elsewhere? Um. Let's see. I definitely remember like being so broke and going on Craigslist, mm -hmm. but I think being uh, raised so religious, mm -hmm. I always had this guilt of accepting any kind of money for it. Right. Where now, like with my brain set now, I wish I could go back in time and be 24 and just like fuck all Make these dudes money. for money. 
I mean, right? as a cocktail waitress, it's pretty much that, but with my clothes on. Yeah. You give them like the sexual look, you know, you talk to them like they're their own special boy. Mm-hmm. It's, it's you make a guy feel special, they'll be like, whatever you want. Yeah, he'll give you tips you so well. Yeah. So it's everything but the sex with that. But I just, I, I was always so, um, I don't know, I, I had so much guilt. Right. Were you, you propositioned as a cocktail waitress? I'm sure. <laughs> I don't, I don't really remember. Maybe I was, but I was also still pretty naive. So you didn't even like, because no one actually was like, Hey, do you want to fuck? And so sometimes like, yeah, you don't even know. Like, is that person trying to have sex with me? I don't even know. (laughs) What are they doing? Always. Um, Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. We had a whole whirlwind of a journey. We did. It was was pedophilia, Saudi Arabia, (laughs) the woods. We we traveled the world. We did. (laughs) Some of it was sad. Some of it was happy. Um, Where can we find you online? And do you have any cool things coming up that you want to promote? Yeah, I've got a couple out of town gigs uh, in a couple weeks. They are on my Twitter, Amber Smelson. On Twitter, because my name's Amber Nelson, but this already taken since Amber Smelson. Uh, and then I'll like plug all my shows and I have stuff on there. Okay, cool. awesome, yeah. perfect. So catch out uh, Amber out, and if you're in New York, she is performing all the time. Uh, thank you so much for listening to Guys We Fucked, the Anti Slut Chimney Podcast. We'll talk to you next Friday. Everyone does stupid things at some point in one's life. For puffy pants or that tattoo of your first wife but don't you Just do